Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Turkey hunt's one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt. When I'm hunting turkeys, it is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newarth, and today we're joined by Brody, Yanni, Randall, Cal, Riva, Seth, and Roman. This is a 10-round quiz show with questions from Meat Eater's four verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. And there is a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. And for the stat of the week this week... We're looking at the overtime drought that we're currently in. Mm. Excluding the tournament qualifying episodes, we've gone 10 weeks without a game going to overtime. That is the longest stretch in Meat Eater trivia history. The last time we had a tiebreaker was in October when Yanni and Steve went to overtime with eight correct answers each. The overtime drought. Who won that one? Uh, Who won that one, Yanni? Do you remember? No, but I hope you have it in your... Tidbits. Yanni won it. Yanni won that one. Woo! Well done, Yanni. <laughs> overtime drought. No, I know that for certain. Oh, okay. uh, Is your, your reservoir of overtime questions runneth over at this point? Runneth over. Uh, no, it does not. I get a lot of requests to have an overtime question every single episode for mm. people who play at home. Oh. And then when they tie, they would like to um, break their tie. That but overtime sense. questions are hard, um, so I don't want to just use them all willy-nilly. Mm. Got to earn them. Maybe mm. it'll happen today. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll just predict an overtime right now between like, I don't know, two or three of you. I like that. I there love you it. go. Now, here's our infrequently asked question segment. If you have a trivia related question for our crew, send it to trivia at themeateater.com with the subject line IFAQ. Wyatt Towns wants to know what's the worst trivia question a fan has ever sent you? Uh, there's not one specifically, but there's an iteration of a question that I've probably received a hundred times. What uh, am I thinking? 
Uh, almost. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's it's an iteration of a question that I've received a ton. I've never used it. Uh, it's like, what uh, state has the most miles of shoreline or what state has the most miles of navigable water? Uh, everyone has a different answer. Google has different answers. Our emails have different emailers have different answers. Nebraska, Minnesota, Kentucky, Louisiana, Alaska. Um, a lot of tourist agencies like to claim that they have the most miles of shoreline or water or navigable water. Um, that's just not a question we're ever going to do because it's very murky as to uh, what the correct answer is. But folks from Nebraska like to say it's them. People from Kentucky like to say it's them. Uh, it's all over the map. We're not going to have that one in trivia, though. Hmm. The other one, uh, the, the worst questions that I get would be people who write in and specifically say, here's a zero percenter or here's one that's going to stump the room. I don't want those questions. The goal isn't to like stump you guys in the room or to stump our listeners. Uh, right. We want to like create a fun game that people have a chance at getting the questions correct. So if you think you have a question that's a zero percenter or your goal is to stump Yanni and Brody and Steve and Cal, uh, it's probably not going to make it on the show. There we go. Now, for the housekeeping portion of today's show, I'm going to throw it to Randall to give you a recap of bar trivia that Phil, Randall, and I attended last night. Randall, tell folks about the evening. Uh, it was a lovely evening. We uh, played a four-round, ten-question-each-round uh, trivia game. Uh, we would have come in third had we challenged a scoring error in the <laughs> final round, but third place just Don't isn't want to worth over third yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um that's just asking for it but yeah, it was a great great evening chili was there maggie was there uh shelby of the shelby index was mm -hmm. there and my wife sydney was there we uh what were the stakes what could you have won free bar tab yeah cover. but they're unclear about what that is yeah. right if, if we had that? created a 500 hundred dollar bar tab i can't imagine that would have been covered um Probably is capped somewhere like fifty bucks. It's fifty bucks. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And to your earlier point, there there were no zero percent. I mean, it was it was a, a well uh, executed twenty trivia. teams, mind you. Third third place out of twenty teams. Yeah, and and they were all good questions. Uh, there were no like questions where you just thought, "There's no way I could possibly answer that." There's sufficient context to have like a back and forth between the team. Mm -hmm. And uh, what were some of the uh, like the questions mm -hmm. like? There was the four categories. There was Gen Ed, there was Ski Mountains, State Capitals, and 90s movies. Mm. And uh, I think everybody on the team had at least one question where they were the, uh, they had the clutch bit of info. That Randall and Sydney had that like yeah, now, 20, 25 times. Randall's <laughs> being humble. Uh, probably 70% of our answers uh, came from Randall. Randall, Randall knows as much trivia as you'd expect. I will know. say Chili was the only one who knew the name of the mongoose from the Jungle Book. Mm -hmm. Ricky Ticky Tavi. Ricky Ticky Tavi. Oh, uh -huh. like the original Jungle Book. Yeah. yeah, yeah Chili yeah. pulled that one out just mm -hmm. yeah. without Fred flinching. Mm -hmm. Yes. But yeah, it was a great evening. <laughs> I uh, I look forward to uh, look forward to playing again. Phil, you have anything to add about our our third place bar trivia? Uh, well, I Randall really dug himself into a hole because we're not playing trivia without Randall anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if if he can't make it, I don't even. And he know only lives like forty five minutes you know, away. I yeah. think I think the the biggest revelation of the evening was that the closest Phil has ever come to getting into a bar fight <laughs> was when he confronted someone in a trivia match for catching them cheating in the restroom by looking oh, at yeah. answers oh, on the trip. Oh, yes, <laughs> Phil. I, I think this is, that was my, uh, that was the watershed moment for me last well, year. Also, he had to Google who the bass player for Kiss was. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, come on. 
We're going to do it again. We'll have more uh, Bar Night Trivia updates in the future. Now, the Shelby Index for today's round is a four, so our winner should get eight correct answers. And with that, we're on to the game of trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? Just tend to win everything. Question one, the topic is fishing, and this will be multiple choice. Which of these colorful fish has the heaviest world record? Is it bluegill, yellow perch, white bass, or green sunfish? What these fish have in common is they all have a color in their name. So which of these colorful fish has the heaviest world record? Bluegill, yellow perch, white bass, green sunfish. Pretty confident looking room. Randall, have you caught all of these fish? Um, I assume I've caught a green sunfish at some point. So, okay. Cal, have you caught all four of these fish? I'm not sure a green sunfish is a real fish. Okay, well, the <laughs> IGFA record books recognizes it as a real fish. Yeah, they're 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 like native to the Western United States. Uh, is like a white it's an individual species? It's an it's a Green sunfish. Helping the out cow. Is a sunfish. Is a white perch, like up in Maine, considered a white bass? I don't think they're the same. They're not the same fish. I worked on the Missouri <laughs> River in South Dakota. Um, I think we had one documented white perch ever. Um, hmm. Really torn. I'll tell you that. Uh, really torn. Brody, I think we're I'm waiting on you. you then. Oh, we're waiting? Well, you should have said something. I'm I just good. went with the gut. Is everybody ready? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Reva saying yellow perch, Roman saying green sunfish, Randall saying white bass, Cal saying white bass, Yanni saying white bass, Seth saying white bass, Brody saying white bass. The correct answer is white bass. The room did well. The world record green sunfish is two pounds, two ounces. The world record yellow perch is four pounds, three ounces. The world record bluegill is four pounds, 12 ounces. And the world record white bass is six pounds, 13 ounces. That record was set in Virginia in 1989 and then tied in Louisiana in 2010. So two pounds bigger than the world record bluegill. You know those weird um, like triploid bluegills? Is that, are they included in that? world record it, the igfa uh record books breaks it out much further than you think it would uh, they like have those every weird iteration. man-made bread ones yeah. you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. well they they have i don't know it feels like dozens of sunfish and bluegill records in there yeah um, so i would imagine that they have like even even hybrids that you didn't know existed mm-hmm. are in the igfa record book i think if someone was determined they could go to the igfa record book Find a record um, that's easy to beat with like a certain line class and then go out and beat it tomorrow if you wanted to. Question two, the topic is hunting. This next great question comes to us via Cordy Davis. What is the smallest subspecies of moose, which is found in places such as Alberta, Washington, and Utah? Brody Good is confident. Question. Spencer. Okay. Yanni likes this Good one. Good question, and seems Corey. To know it. Corey Davis. Corey Davis. What is the smallest subspecies of moose, which is found in places such as Alberta, Washington, 
in Utah. I think Corey Davis used to be a wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. I don't think this is the same Corey Davis, though. You know what's a weird IGFA thing, too? What? When you're, like, East Coast, mm-hmm. you got all those states, little tiny states packed yep. together, cute little states. Oh, you're going to um, talk about offshore records, right? Yeah. And it's like, you can look on your phone and be like, okay, I have a X pound whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you return to a port in a state that is not the port that you left from, mm-hmm. you can get that state's record. It's not At the that port point, that you left from? To, it comes down to the people. It's crazy. It's like, we have better fishermen. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ah, I'm not going to go back to Delaware. I'm going to park it in Rhode Island. Yeah. And then I'll have the, whatever, bluefin tuna record. Yeah. Again, what is the smallest subspecies of moose? Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Reva saying Cascade, Roman, without an answer. The rest of the room saying Shiris. They got it. The correct answer is Shiris. Shiris are the smallest moose subspecies in terms of height, weight, and antler size. The Boone and Crockett world record scored 205 inches, which is 40 inches smaller than the world record Canada moose and 50 inches smaller than the world record Yukon moose. Shiris have the southernmost range and are found in British Columbia, Montana, Idaho, Oregon, Wyoming, Colorado, and Nevada. Have any of you boys killed a Shiris moose? I have a cow. Cow Shiris. What state was that in? Colorado? Colorado. I killed a a Shiris bull in Montana. Oh, very nice. Where's that at? You got a spot picked out in your house? Uh, Yeah, it kind of travels around with us and always occupies the the place of prime importance in the living room. Okay. It's got a big, I've got like a big uh, slab that we cut off Mm. as a plaque and uh, got it Euro mounted. Question three. The topic is cooking. Merriam-Webster defines this 10-letter word as, quote, a crescent-shaped dumpling filled with pork, pan-fried, and then steamed. Merriam-Webster defines this 10-letter word as a crescent-shaped dumpling filled with pork, pan-fried, and then steamed. See some... uh, Hangman dashes being drawn on boards. Randall is confident. Yanni has not picked up his whiteboard yet. Brody's Spencer, trying I want to find all ten letters. What uh, do you got, Kevin? Point out to you that my I'm turning the board okay. instead of flipping the board oh, over. Very nice. Did you get some feedback on the the no, board flipping situation? I didn't. Um, okay. It was on the brink of being addressed, Cal. It was almost a problem with how often you were I just truly wasn't out. paying attention. Uh-huh. So I, I, I do apologize. It wasn't <laughs> an intentional thing. Okay. But uh, I did notice, and it was already wrapped up in conversation, mm-hmm. that uh, you misinterpreted the upside down yeah. answer. That was going to be a future housekeeping. I think what did you, you wrote Arkansas and I said Alabama. It was Alabama or something like that. Like that. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a fun thing to come clean with at the end if it would have been a tie. Uh-huh. But then it never happened. And it just, yep. the, the time had passed. Yeah. The YouTube, <laughs> yeah. The YouTube commenters were on to you, Cal. Hey, Phil, as well is there as any way you could pipe like white noise into our headphones when these discussions are happening uh-huh. so we can like actually think, you know come up with an answer it's impossible here's Sorry. the question gonna, again somebody in it. this room has never gone to a takeout uh here's some out, you're helping out folks cal <laughs> merriam webster defines this 10 letter word as a crescent shaped dumpling filled with pork pan fried and then steamed 
Seth and Yanni have blank boards. I can't see Brody's board, but I assume it is as well. Randall and Cal are confident. Reva, do you have this one? No, she has a, a blank board as well. A 10-letter word. I assume the word isn't in the question. <laughs> that, uh, the answer is not dumpling. <laughs> is that 10 letters? I don't know. No. No, it's not. Okay. I counted. <laughs> <laughs> is everybody ready? Oh, Yanni, what happened to your hand there? It's a nice-looking scar. You're just not going to tell us? Cat, cat scratch. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Took you a long time to come up with that. Seth, do you have an answer? Just I do, yeah. Okay. Damn, I'm one letter over. <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of, I, I, it's get not, rid of it's, a vowel. It's not coming to Cal, me. when's the last time you had uh, this crescent-shaped dumpling? I, it'd be very hard to say. Okay. What? The word will not come to me. <laughs> I think we're going to have to uh, just move on, bro. I, I don't think I've seen that before. <laughs> oh, my God. My we could just, like, skip, skip this one uh -huh. and then put it at, at, at the end. No, my kid just ate, like, made his own. Oh, wow. There's a really great, uh, great cookbook um, <laughs> that is a name that's not correct. But it's by this lady. I think her name's Michelle Wong. And it's blank made the Wong way. Okay, I think we're going to... That's enough. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have oh. Reva saying dim sum. Roman without an answer. Randall saying pot sticker. That's Cal it. saying pot sticker. <laughs> Yanni without an answer. Seth saying egg roll. <laughs> Brody without an answer. The correct answer is pot sticker. Oh, Randall and Cal got it. Pot stickers were accidentally invented by a chef in China's imperial court about 1,000 years ago. The cook forgot about a batch of dumplings on the stove, leaving one side burnt. He served them that way anyway, and they were a hit. To learn how to make pot stickers with wild game, go to TheMeatEater.com and check out our recipe called Venison Dumplings. Makes Spencer. for a super fun get-together night. Make a bunch of... Uh, dumpling mm -hmm. uh, dough and then everybody can kind of bring whatever mm -hmm. and then you roll them up and have a bunch of different courses and stuff. What do you got for Clean us, out Seth? the freezer time of year. Seemed like you had some feedback over here. No, it wasn't about, I was just going to say uh, okay. at what point do we get new? The board is thoroughly oh, broken. Uh, Cal, next time we do an auction house of oddities, I think we can just uh, get rid of these boards that way and we'll bring in a whole <laughs> new batch. Uh, we're going to have to do some duct tape repair. You've got a flat yeah. tire over there. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if you put them all We've together in like one big board. Mm. All, all the oh, uh, that'd be there's, cool. there's a thought. Oh yeah, all the shit that went wrong in Mexico. Sorry, Cal, um, is transitioning into these boards. There we go. <laughs> question four. Flat tires. The topic is biology. This next great question comes to us via John Schlesinger. Technology used to follow this satellite, which was launched by the Soviets in 1957, birthed the science of wildlife telemetry. Technology used to follow this satellite, which was launched by the Soviets in 1957, birthed the science of wildlife telemetry. Randall is confident. Randall, you have this one right. I, uh... I was I, I only know one Soviet satellite. Okay. So I went with that. Uh -huh. Process of elimination. Oh, it's the it's name the satellite. Name the satellite. Oh, thank God. That's right. 
Yanni, you'd be happy to know that one of your questions from when you hosted Meat Eater Trivia came up last night in Bar Trivia. It was about oh, yeah. um, the state capital that has an elevation over 7,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Great. You so guys must have got it. We, we got did. that one right. I don't think we would have uh, had you not had that question on the show. So well done, Yanni. You were there in spirit. Yeah. Technology used to follow this satellite, which was launched by the Soviets in 1957, birthed the science of wildlife telemetry. Yanni, how do you feel about your answer? Same as uh, same as Randall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're naming a satellite? Naming One, the satellite. And I don't even know if I know the name of a Russian satellite. I might just know the name of a Russian other space mm. a projectile. projectile. They threw up there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I only know one satellite, and I only know one cosmonaut. <laughs> Brody, how we doing over here? Horrible. Who's Horrible. the cosmonaut? Yuri uh, Gagarin, I believe. I can't recall the exact spelling. But Why do we know him? Uh, he was an early pioneer of oh, space. I think he was the first. Travel. I think he was the first man in space. Yeah. Oh. yeah. The, uh, the first dog was Laika. I know that. Yeah, I know we had any dogs in space. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, good for us. What was, was, the, it, was it? Oh, an no, American it was dog? Them. It was oh. them. I mean, if you're talking they about us as like a human yeah. species. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we oh, can all look back species. on this fondly as a collective effort. <laughs> okay. Yes. Is everybody ready, Brody? Nope. They Go we're ahead. gonna have to move on. Go, Go ahead. ahead and reveal your answers. We have Reva saying Sputnik, Roman saying Schlesinger satellites, <laughs> Randall saying Sputnik, like Cal saying Sputnik, Yanni saying Sputnik, Seth saying Sputnik. Brody without Not an answer. Really. Yeah, it's close enough. Brody. <laughs> uh, uh, he made it a potato. He said Spudnik. Spudnik. We're going to give it to you. The correct answer is Sputnik. S-P-U-T-N-I-K. That's a good uh, trivia question, Spencer, is how many animals are still uh, rotating around the earth that uh, people have sent up there? Do, do, like you the have collective. A, do, you, do you know the answer? Well, there's dogs and monkeys and okay. birds and fish and... Yeah. Dirty little secret. There's, there could be like, uh, you know, an IGFA record set there. The biggest fish caught in space. Ooh, there you there go. We go. Uh, Bill Cochran was an engineer in the 1950s who worked two jobs. One was helping build the Discover satellite, which was America's answer to Sputnik, and the other was helping track bird migrations. Eventually, someone at his migratory bird job asked about putting a radio transmitter on a mallard, so that's what they did. This was essentially the same technology different nations were using to track their spy satellites. Question five. The topic is public lands. What state is home to Black Canyon of the Gunnison National Park, Great Sand Dunes National Park, and Mesa Verde National Park? The confident Brody... Maybe this will get his game back on track. Oh, I don't know. I think that pot sticker question just doomed me. Doomed him. What yeah. state is home to Black Canyon of the Gunnison National Park, Great Sand Dunes National Park, and Mesa Verde National Park? Has it's anybody a, been to one of these places? Similar? I think you, you shouldn't be allowed to answer that question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brody would prefer you hold your answer on if you've been there. I've looked it's at a one certain a certain type oh, of intellect okay. that can store pot sticker in their brain. You know? <laughs> it's only only possessed by Randall and Cal in this room. I've been to one. Really wanted to go to another one. Mm, okay, is that helping folks out? No, 
Probably not. Okay. Is everybody ready? Quick answers this round. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Riva saying New Mexico. Roman saying New Mexico. The rest of the room says Colorado. They got it. The correct answer is Colorado. Colorado has four national parks, with the other one being Rocky Mountain National Park. After Alaska, California, and Utah, it has the most national parks in the nation. Mesa Verde and Black Canyon of the Gunnison are two of the smallest parks west of the Mississippi River. Did a family road trip through all of these. All of them? Uh, yeah. How'd that go? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, peaks and valleys, okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, great sand dunes was uh, the sand mites or sand mm. lice or Did something. you take those mm. with you to the next national park? Oh, man, everybody just got destroyed. You know, because you're like kids and you want to like go roll down the sand dunes or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> if you keep going past great sand dunes, there's a place that has alligators. Like you mean like fossils it. or what? No, no, no. Live alligators. Like uh-huh. a driving towards like Mexico. a zoo. Like a roadside yep. attraction. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Have you driven past that? Phil, well, we are halfway through the game of <laughs> trivia. Thing, Give man. us a scoreboard update. We'll do really quick. I was too busy processing Spudnik. Uh Brody, did you get Sputnik or not? I, I did know. not. Okay. We've He's got to rub it in. And I swear I don't try to do that. We got Roman with uh zero points. Reva's got one. Brody has three, Giannis and Seth have four, and tied up in first place with five points and a perfect game are Cal and Randall. Man, between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never ending. I'm talking about the, the, the subscriptions, the monthly dings on your credit card. Well, thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app. It goes in and finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. Meaning, you know, like, let's say there's like a show that comes out and you want to watch it and you wind up doing like this free trial and you forget about it. And then two years later, you realize you're paying those hosers 12 bucks a month for something you don't use. It finds that stuff, cancels it. It helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings instead. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Again, rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today 
or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times, I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance. And man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Question mm. six. The topic is conservation. This next great question also comes to us via John Schlesinger. God. What a guy. The satellite guy. He is our most prolific e- prolific emailer, uh, and he probably has the highest like batting percentage as far as questions being used. How, how many uh, hats and T-shirts have you sent, John? He's been our listener question of the week before. Uh, so he is, I don't know if he won a board game or a book at that time. Uh, I haven't even read the question yet. Randall's writing it down because he can see it on the screen. Here it is. John, the John if you feel like you're not getting, you know, what you need out of this deal, mm-hmm. uh, just write in. Just say, uh, <laughs> heads up, Yanni. That'll be the code word. And Spencer will pass that off to me with your um, address. I'll you take go. care of you. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Roman will probably get your email as oh, well. Oh, that's right. Here's the question Roman, we have Here's already. the question. What federal agency almost exclusively drove pea green vehicles until the year 2000? I feel like there could be a visual component to this um, because, you know, pea green's open for interpretation. Is that a technical term? Is that like. No. It's not a technical mm. term. Yeah, if it's not technical, there's enough, there's yeah, enough give other us the context code clues there. With yeah, green and what the... federal agency almost exclusively drove pea green vehicles until the year 2000? Uh, I believe it was when I, I read something from Auto Trader about this, and then they described them as pea green. Huh. So there you go, PEA. Mm. Green. Okay. What federal I would, agency I would use it almost green. exclusively drove if pea it's green the, vehicles? If I've got the answer right. Until the year 2000. Phil, you can't pull up a picture of pea green. <laughs> uh, I, I bet people have different interpretations of that mm-hmm. thing. What that company company had the contract? There's an answer to that? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't no, know. Okay. That had it been good. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Reva saying Rangers, Roman saying Forest Service, Randall saying Forest Service, uh, everyone else saying Forest Service. 
They got it. The correct answer is the U.S. Forest Service. For decades, the agency almost exclusively purchased vehicles that were painted a color that became known as Forest Service Green. The iconic color was started getting phased out about 20 years ago as a way to save hmm. money. The Forest Service said it cost $500 more per vehicle to get them painted that color and then made it harder for the agency to resell them. They have now transitioned to driving white vehicles instead, which are the cheapest to purchase. This change has actually made the remaining Forest Service green trucks a collector's item. Can you guys now picture the Forest Service green vehicles? Oh, yeah, I always oh, wanted yeah. one. Yeah, I just don't know if I'd... I think it's closer to a mint green. I, I, would, I was going to say, yeah, once it fades go. out a little pea bit. Pea green's Hail like, pea green. picture pea soup, man. It's like a dull kind of like olivey. No, I picture a forest service green. green. Yeah, do you guys recall seeing forest service green trucks all over the mountains back in the day? Well, I had friends driving them during high school. Oh, really? like they bought them from the yeah. forest service, or they were trying to match the forest service? No, I bought them from from the forest service. Yeah, or, I, yeah I know somebody that I think he still owns one. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. a guy that owns one. But uh, it kind of, I think hurt us when we were trying to get hunting permissions out of this vehicle. Oh, and you're trying. Anti-government. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Question seven. The topic is fishing. The three most popular freshwater fishing lines at Shields and Bass Pro Shops are braid, monofilament, and blank. The three most popular freshwater fishing lines at Shields and Bass Pro Shops are braid, monofilament, and blank. You need to tell me what that third one is. Confident room, except for maybe Roman and Riva. Mm. <laughs> I wonder who fishes here. Mm. Riva, I like that. Uh, oh, it's a t-shirt under a different sweater. Oh, let's see. Yeah, I recognize the logo. But he I thought, do, he I doesn't thought, like it anymore. I thought you had a uh, like a <laughs> takes his back. Yeah. Sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. New merch idea right there. There you mm -hmm. go. Is everybody no, ready? your hand or something? No, it's the cat got after me. <laughs> Is that what happened? No. Okay, well, so you just can't tell us or what? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you tell us when the mics are off? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, heck of a scar on Yanni's hand. Please write in. Let us know what you think happened to Giannis. <laughs> yeah. Is everybody ready? Pull up my pant legs, too, <laughs> if you want to get... Yanni, Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Riva and Roman without an answer. The rest of the room says fluorocarbon. They got it. The correct answer is fluorocarbon. <laughs> Fluorocarbon is less visible and more durable than monofilament, but is typically more expensive and has less knot strength. Fluoro is a great choice when going after spooky fish with light bites. To learn more about these three types of line, check out our article on TheMeatEater.com called What Fishing Line Should I Choose? Seth, what situations do you like to uh, tie on fluorocarbon? Uh, I use it as leader material when I'm walleye fishing. There you go. Pitching jigs with it? Yep. Question eight. The topic nice. is woodsmanship. This next great question comes to us via Philip C. The History Channel launched this survival competition reality show in 2015, which they call, quote, the ultimate test of human will. Randall is confident. He's the only one. The History Channel launched this survival competition reality show in 2015, which they call, quote, 
the ultimate test of human will. This is question eight. We'll get a scoreboard update from Phil after this. Seth, you know this one. No. Bro, do you know this one? Pretty sure. Pretty sure I got it. Cal, you got this one? No idea. Okay. I, I mean, I know names of shows, mm -hmm. so I picked one. Sure. Is everybody ready? Looking for yeah. the History Channel survival competition reality show launched in 2015. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Reva saying alone. Roman saying survivor. Randall saying alone. Cal saying alone. Yanni saying naked and afraid. Seth saying alone. Brody saying alone. The correct answer is alone. Mm. Cal and Brody, I think, kept the perfect game going. Not me. Oh, I'm sorry. Cal and Randall. Randall. Oh, we'll get a scoreboard update. <laughs> Coming back around. Confirm after this. The grand prize for winning alone is $500,000. Clay Hayes, who won season eight, survived for 74 days in the Canadian wilderness. He said in an Outdoor Life article that he wore the same First Light base layers for a month straight, calling Marina Wool a miracle fabric that helped him win the show. Phil, we have two questions left. Give us a scoreboard update. Let's see here. We've got out of the game are Roman and Riva. Those are the only the only two. Everyone else is technically still in. Giannis and Brody have six points apiece. Mm. Seth has seven, and perfect games. Cal and Randall tied up in first place. Shaping up for a tie. We breaker. recently bathed together, so it's kind of funny that <laughs> we uh, did. Okay, did yeah. you boys go to the Can hot spring together? Yeah, the hot spring. It, uh, That'd be another way to say yes, it. Yeah. Hot spring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. got to soak in. Question nine. The topic is hunting. This type of motor, which comes in short tail and long tail, is commonly used on duck boats. This type of motor, which comes in short tail and long tail, is commonly used on duck boats. Randall, is this going to keep the perfect game going? Um, is it a brand name or is it a type of motor? It's not a brand name. Okay. How about you, Cal? Um, I think so, but okay. that I I could be could just be something that we say. Mm. Yeah, what that's what is. I'm. That's what I'm. Okay, I'm wondering if there's a more technical term. Oh, wow. Yeah, dropping hints there, Randall. <laughs> I mean, for who? <laughs> I just need to get it right. That's all that matters. <laughs> Maybe we'll have our first ever perfect game tiebreaker. Ooh, it's never been a thing in meat eater trivia. We've this come could, real close before. This could be the day. Real close. Is everybody ready? Looking for the type of motor which comes in short tail and long tail that's commonly used on duck boats. <sighs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Riva saying outboard, Roman without an answer. Randall saying mud motor, Cal saying outdrive, Yanni saying mud, Seth saying mud motor, Brody saying mud motor. The correct answer is mud motor. Randall got it right. Cal, can you prove to me that people call those outdrives? That That's what we thing? called it on every episode mm. that I was on for the uh, duck show. And it had. Because I thought Mud Motor was a brand name. There's Mud, mud Buddy. Buddy. Mud Buddy. But, uh, right? no. but so I Mud Motor came from Mud Buddy, which would be the brand name. So no, instead of being. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the other way around. I think Mud Buddy came from Mud huh. Motor. Well, like I said before, mm -hmm. I don't actually know okay. this. I will, I will do some Googling after I but, read our factoid. But for now, Cal, we're going to say you're wrong. 
Yeah, we'll whatever. See. Mud motors are designed to navigate through shallow, <laughs> hazard-filled waters that have dense vegetation, stumps, and rocks. Unlike outboard motors, mud motors are air-cooled instead of water-cooled, which makes them superior in shallow waters. They gained popularity after World War II, where Germans used them to cross shallow waterways. Cal, we're now going to look up, uh, what'd you call it? Out motor? Out drive. Out drive motor. See what it says. Um, out drive, stern drive. I'm not seeing anything that talks about them being a mud motor, Cal. Like I said, man, I'm not going to go to the board on this one. <laughs> okay. Is, it, is anyone who want to defend Cal's answer? He's, he's passionately or, uh... dispassionate about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just, yeah, just uh-huh. what we called it. So. Okay. I thought uh-huh. there was another term like an inline, uh, Something else that which was what I was trying to come up with, hmm. but I couldn't think of it. So, sorry, Cal. I'm seeing surface drive, which is uh, another name for the short tail motors, but I'm not seeing yeah. any out drive. We're on to question 10. The perfect game remains in Randall's grasps. The topic is wildlife. This is our listener question of the week, which was won by Samantha McCann. For sending this great question, Samantha is going to get a board game signed by the crew. If you want a chance to win our listener question of the week, then send your question to trivia at themeateater.com. Name one of the six tortoises native to North America. Name one of the six tortoises native to North America. Brody is confident doesn't matter though does it does the randall have it or uh well uh cal, 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 cal could, could tie, tie him uh, so could seth oh so could wow seth good on you <laughs> thanks spencer well, I was, I, i've been i've been so focused you, on that end of the table that i i uh almost forgot about our other players in the room so seth uh who has not picked up his whiteboard yet i'm proud of you seth thanks cal yeah, name thanks. one of the six tortoises native to north america you could have given me Six guesses at how many tortoises are native to North America, uh-huh. and I don't think I would have come up with okay that number. So, God, has anybody ever seen a tortoise in this room? Like, uh, in like out cage? in nature? Oh no, yeah. you did, Cal. That's oh, yeah. fun. Do you know what it was? Yeah. Okay. So you think you have this one right? Well, I I know one of the six. Okay. For sure. Very good, Randall. Do you have this one right? Are you going to get the perfect game? Can I give you a hint? No, don't do it. Do not give him a hint. I, I'm going with a very vanilla ah, guess. Okay. It's kind of Context. Is everybody ready? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Reva saying snapping turtle. Roman saying snapping turtle. Randall saying desert. Cal saying gopher. Giannis saying desert. Seth saying brown. Brody saying desert. The six tortoises are... Texas tortoise, gopher tortoise, bolson tortoise, and any of the three types of desert tortoise, which are Mojave desert tortoise, Sonoran desert tortoise, and thorn scrub tortoise. If you just said desert, like Randall, I will give it to you. That is a correct answer. Uh, the, the desert tortoise thing division <laughs> well, has been shit. much debated. I could have named desert, a lot of different brands of outdrive motor. Desert I mean, tortoise. <laughs> come is, on. I decided ahead of time. That's why I phrased it that any of the three types of desert tortoise. It's even debated if there's five or six because of how people will lump and split the desert tortoises. Well done, Randall. Perfect game. His first ever perfect game. Felt like Thank a you. long time coming. 
You've you've threatened before, but now you've done it. Uh, you it, just needed that trivia bar warm up last night. That's I what gotta it took. say, this last question really makes it feel kind of hollow. No, I don't think. I so. I mean, I'm still overjoyed. <laughs> you know, it, it's not uh -huh. lost on me what a wonderful privilege it is to play this game. And uh -huh. just want to thank all of my competitors for this mm -hmm. moment. Um, you got could, one answer though that covers fifty percent of the question. That's kind of, I mean, come on. Yeah. Now the gopher tortoise. There's six is, choices, but what, what, whatever the first yeah. three were when you were reading those, I was like, oh, there's no way that right. desert is a thing. The gopher tortoise. Could, I should is just found, put America's tortoise. There you go. The gopher tortoise is found in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. It's the only tortoise naturally found east of the Mississippi River. The other five species of tortoise are found in California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Texas, and Mexico. What happens next, Randall, is the perfect game winner. You get to choose where a $1,000 donation from Meat Eater goes. So what's it going to be? Guard the gate, Randall. Guard the gate. Are do you, you want to? Do you want to? Trying to sway him. Are you oh, okay. asking for a, a CRWM? Yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do that. Time is of the essence. Uh, there's no more pressing. Well, there's probably a lot of pressing issues, but it's a, among some of the most pressing issues facing uh, hunters and anglers today. Explain what that is. We've so now donated, I think, three straight episodes yeah. to this cause. Coloradans for responsible wildlife management, and I think I'll let. Our uh, re one of our resident Coloradans, former Coloradans, uh, better explain the the details than I can. Uh, yeah, they are fighting the uh, soon to be uh, ballot initiative. Probably, if it gets onto the ballot, uh, ninety one. There might, could be another one, but in essence, they're trying to outlaw the hunting of uh, cats in Colorado. And uh, a lot of people think that this is the very, just the front tip. If that goes, then all sorts of other hunting will just be in line after that to get axed. So even if you are not a hunter of big cats, but if you like hunting in general, we all, I'm speaking for all of us in this room and at this company, believe that you should uh, support CWRM, sorry, CRWM. You know what we've never talked about, Giannis, is what no. they're actually doing to help out. People tell like, us. No, I'm <laughs> gone. Like, oh, what CRWM is doing? Yeah. I mean, they're the only ones, I don't want to say the only ones doing anything, but literally the ones that are on the front line, they are organizing basically what's going to have to be the, the, I guess, the informational campaign that's going to have to be put out there. As uh, if this thing does become a ballot initiative, they're going to be the um, anti-campaign that puts forth a lot of money, energy, effort to educate, hopefully, uh, the front-range voters of Colorado, because they are the ones that are going to probably end up making this decision and try to sway them to uh, not outlaw this hunting. Was that good? Yeah. That's yeah. why we're sending Provide, another... like, real information as opposed to what's... The other side's doing. Yeah, correct. Sending another $1,000 their way. Well done, Randall. Perfect game. Our second one of 2024. And I'll remind you, we didn't have any in 2023, so we're off mm. to a strong start. Join us next week for more Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. Thanks, Spencer. Thank you, Spencer. And Randall. Oh, thank you, Dennis.
This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable, they're very fashionable, and I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go. Stop by your local Tacova's store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.